Mrs. Olivia Buckley of Cherry Brook invites you to get this with Tony Martin and Matt Parkinson. Yes, I uh, I do have a list of today's songs here somewhere. Uh, I'm a patient man. Yes, I know. They are here somewhere. I've got them. A very patient man. Here we go. Eskimo Joe, Blondie and the Chili Peppers, of course. We've got a song to play and uh, we'll meet you on the other side. That's The Cure with uh, Close to You or Close to Me, if you prefer, depending on what state you're in. Uh, it's Get This on Triple M. It's me, Tony Martin. It's Richard Marsland. Good morning, Tony. Former Ann Will sidekick for our Adelaide listeners. Certainly am. And how about a round from a man from a proper radio program, Parco from the Melbourne-Brisbane cage or the Melbourne-Sydney cage. Melbourne cage. Hello. I'm just confused. No, there's too many cages going around. That's your problem. No, I've been on anaesthetic, but we'll get to that. All right. Uh, Parco, welcome to the program. It's wonderful to be here at last. Uh, You know, I have to warn you, though, we know nothing about sports. But we do try to make up for it with heaps of irrelevant information about movies. Right. Were you in Windrider with uh, Tom Berlinson? Yes, I was. (laughs) You're taking me back to uh, when I was still the young actor in Perth in the 80s. Not just Tom Berlinson, but Nicole Kidman too. That's true. Yeah. And I still somehow, it's a bit sad, but I entertain this vague sort of daydream that one day I might just be at some sort of function, some premiere, some launch, and maybe Nicole will be there and I'll be there. And um, she'll recognise me across the room and go, hey, Matt. Not that we had any scenes together or anything. I played in, in this movie, Windrider. Tom Burlinson was a kind of young millionaire's heir apparent. Yeah. Who's, who's, his dad was Bud Tingwell, of course, yeah. because uh, you remember during the 80s there was a law that said Bud Tingwell had to be in an Australian movie. And Bud was his millionaire dad and Tom was the irresponsible young man who just wanted to windsurf. Windsurf. It was the film that ripped the lid off the windsurfing scene. That's right. And Nicole was a, was a young sort of freckly redhead allergic to the sun who just thought windsurfing was a complete waste of time. And Tom won her over. She fell in love and da-da-da. And I played part of Tom's surf crew. My character was called Lurch. And Lurch <laughs> always had a new fad. Lurch was into this, he was into that. I did a hilarious scene that involved Lurch. Lurch decided vitamin B was the way to go. Yeah. Uh, hilarious scene where Lurch is in the pub with his mates and then goes, got to go. Been caught short. Runs to the gents. And then we shot this elaborate scene with a, kind of, with a hose tucked inside my board shorts with multicoloured different kinds of we coming out <laughs> and it was hilarious and in the end it got cut oh they cut that they cut that so they could have a love scene between nicole uh, and tom that's um, better than most of what's left there is still a scene of you uh, meditating on the beach doing a bit of om work mm, yes that's that was as close as i got to nicole and i'm talking about 15 meters okay. <laughs> there's, there's establishing shot me on the sand going om nicole walks past camera goes with nicole can you believe that <laughs> So hang on, um, so you've got, uh, what other ones can I mention from the resume? Weren't you Nervous Waiter in Babe 2? I'm Nervous Waiter in the non-speaking role of Babe 2 where I got to meet, uh, I got to be directed by George Miller, which was of course fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, really, really good experience, although George is, George is a kind of eccentric genius. He's a guy who's got a million things going on in his head at one time, and at one stage it was a big shoot, like I think there were eight or nine cameras, 35mm movie cameras, all going at the same time for one well. shoot. And George was explaining to uh, Ian Lesney, who went on to win an Oscar for his cinematography. For Andrew Lesney. Sorry, Andrew Lesney. You, you are such a <laughs> film nerd, Tony. But good on you. Andrew Lesney, right, is, is looking down the barrel of his camera 
And George is directing with, you know, one of those laser pointers? Oh, yeah, You've really? And George is sort of pointing to things around the set, right? And he's giving, he's explaining things to me that I, he wants my line there and he wants my line there. And then at one point he goes, and then I want you to look right in there. And he turned and pointed the laser pointer right down the barrel of the camera oh, while no. Andrew was looking down the barrel of the camera. That's illegal. Yes, we exchanged, Andrew and I exchanged a quick look of like, it's eccentric genius, isn't he? <laughs> Nearly cost you your vision. <laughs> He's doing a talking penguins movie at the moment. Ah, right. Well, he'll be right. And there may be one or two blind penguins, but who cares about that? <laughs> uh, now, I mentioned I'm wacky on the right. anaesthetic. I am. I feel slightly odd today because I had to go into hospital for a procedure yesterday. I had right. a camera inserted into my stomach. I did mention your Jeez. blood mm. disorder on the couch. Oh, no, it's well. not that. I have it's, it's, oh, it's something qu- else. Quite a queue of disorders. Yeah, no, I had a camera in my stomach. It's just a pilot, I should let you know. <laughs> Inside Tony's stomach. We're not sure if the networks are going to go with it. <laughs> yeah, it's called Thank God You're dyspeptic should be big <laughs> I have that uh, acid reflux where your acid is just attacking you mm. constantly Look, as long as you can get Glenn Robbins into your digestive tract somehow it <laughs> will work for you dancing preferably but I've gone in there and uh, you've gone under and um, I, I did this thing where you get the paperwork and they go oh you're not allowed to eat you know, 10.30 the night right. before. Hmm. And then I'm going, but the procedure's not till the afternoon. I've had a look at the other sheet they've sent me and it's gone. Not allowed to eat six hours before. So hmm. I've called up and uh, crunched them. Uh-huh. I've just had a negotiation. <laughs> what if I had one piece of toast <laughs> at 7... Th- could I have a, Could I have two coffees if I got up at 4.30 in the morning and had them? <laughs> you talked uh. them down. Well, let, let's not forget, you're, being the film nerd you are, you also would have gone, <laughs> who's going to be on camera? Is it... <laughs> Will Andrew Lesney be doing the cinematography? I love his work. What will the frame aspect ratio be? <laughs> yes. Can you storyboard it before so that I know what I'm getting into? I'm going back in for reshoots today. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. Right. The camera's been down. I don't know what they found. Uh, we'll have full results on the oh, show. That could be anything. So, right? I've uh, unfortunately, there's very little prepared for today's program. It's fine. I thought we've got Parco coming in. He'll, he'll... No. You're, you're coming off anaesthetic. I, I found a Valium in my luggage last night and really? took it before I went to bed. So, uh, yeah. How'd that affect the camera? This morning. Uh, no, no I, th- I thought the uh, I thought the pink alligator wasn't quite up to form, <laughs> but the rest of the crew were good. So Parco's worked with Nicole Kidman. So imagine what would have happened if it had been you in that wedding. What would the, it would have? She would have been narco. Really, yeah, wouldn't she? Would have been their name, but at least we would have been the same height. At least uh, the photographers would have been able to get us in a nice two shot without the use of a box <laughs> or a step ladder. That's true. If I'd married her. That's true. I, I, if you notice, they're trying to call... This is a pathetic... I love when the papers try and get a catchphrase going that you know is just yeah. not going to work. Oh, yeah. So they're trying to call Nicole Kidman and Keith Urban, Kerbin. It's no good. No. Kerbin. No. It doesn't work because it's it's not meant to be the... It's meant to be the Christian names, isn't it? It's Benifer, not yeah. Garfleck. You're right. It's <laughs> Brangelina, not Poli. It's Tomcat, not Crolms. Mm, Kerbin no, isn't no, going right. to work. Yeah, yeah. Why have they gone with that? I don't know. Because it would be Neith. Well, how, <laughs> I guess. How, how have Lachlan and Sarah managed to escape this? I mean, he must have a memo out. There's no, no calling us Lara or, or you know, Socklin. That's a nice one. I like Socklin. <laughs> we should be going with Socklin. Oh, look, I need some more anaesthetic. Parker, you want to stick around for the hour and yeah. uh, ca- catch me if I fall into a hole? Yeah, I'll just pop another Valium. I'll be with you. <laughs> That's... Black fingernails, red wine, Eskimo Joe here at Get This on Triple M around the nation. Myself, Tony Martin, Matt Parkinson co-hosting. Hi, hanging out. He's popped a Valium. I've been on anaesthetic all <laughs> yeah. night. Yeah. We should really just go and play the pokies and leave our kids in the car, shouldn't we? <laughs> I had to go. You have to go to one of these places, the endoscopy centre, where they just can stick cameras in you from all angles. They can turn you into the Big Brother house, basically. Right. I don't know endoscopy. I remember Colin 
Well, there's colonoscopy, that's one. Yes, he's a friend of Daniel Colopy. He used to be on Neighbours. Endoscopy, does it go in your... In well, your, no, I had the which, gastroscopy, that's down from the top. That's down into your stomach. Yes. But then there's round the back, that's, that's colonoscopy. And my wife's come up with a great gag to do if you go in for the colonoscopy. Right. She, I'm sure she wouldn't want me mentioning that she's had a colonoscopy. Well, come on, share. What's the gag? Uh, what you do is you go and you have the colonoscopy. Yeah. And then when you have to go out through the waiting room, because there's lots of people there, you affect the stance and walk of someone who's just had a watermelon inserted into their arms. <laughs> So you sort of crouch over, oh, jeez, really a wide walk and staggering past everyone in the waiting room. It's embarrassing for a few moments, but you laugh about it for days. I've been there, Tony. I was there. I I had a thing called a pylonidal cyst. Earlier, oh uh, late last year, right on my birthday, actually. It's quite painful. It's in what doctors call your natal cleft, what you and I would call your crack. And it was, and it was, so I had to go and stand in my GP's waiting room and I couldn't sit because it was so, it was really, it was like cramps around the small of your back. And I'm so, so I'm standing there and I had perfected this position that didn't hurt and involved standing very rigid. And I, I managed to just blend in in the waiting room. And then when the doctor came out and called my name, I forgot that I had this pain in my back, so I turned around really suddenly, had a shooting pain in my back, and immediately clutched my hand to my buttocks. <laughs> and everybody in the waiting room just looked at me and went, rectal foreign object, in you go. The doctor's standing by his front door looking at me coming down the corridor going, oh, this is going to be good. What have you got up there? Yeah, that's going to be nice. Then he's doing the exam, and you know, you know how doctors like to break the ice? Yes. He gave me a bit of... I'm standing against the wall with my pants half down. He's looking at, at what I like to think of as my best feature and he gives me a bit of uh, what do you call this <laughs> Barry yeah you're the doctor you tell me oh, and if the, it's always embarrassing if you're having a bit of ass work done and they recognize you from something mm. so yeah. do you are you like having something are they asking you to do oh what a feeling from the Toyota ad? <laughs> yeah yeah. Are you all going yeah. up there? No. Okay, let's change the subject. No, it's it tasteless. It equally awkward for the doctor as it was for me. Obviously, uh, three hours to fill every morning on your uh, proper cage radio oh, program. Look, there's so, 18 of us on the show. That's on the cage, true. So that makes it easy. In Melbourne and Sydney only. Hello mm. to everyone listening to the Brisbane cage or the new zoo in Adelaide. I don't want to leave anybody out. But do you find that if something like that happens where you're going in for an oscopy of some nature, mm. even as it's happening, are you thinking. Yeah, I reckon there's a 20 past seven in this. Yes. <laughs> everything. Your everything that goes on. Even even if I'm if I drive past something interesting, Bad. I think I might stop and, and just take notes on that because I could lie and say that it happened to me. <laughs> oh no, you yeah. don't do that. No, oh no, I do that all the time. And I I don't I can't watch television in, in a relaxed state anymore because I I like to do idiot box on the show. So I have to run a tape over everything Absolute. that I watch. I have two videos going in oh. the once in the house, because you never know when you're just gonna hear something like yellow belly black snake in a barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> and we've had a lot of people call up wanting that to be mm. a ringtone. Yes. Of course. I don't know if we're allowed to do that, but we will consult yeah, the lawyers. That. But I, when I used to do breakfast radio, you'd be going along and something had happened to you big and you go, that's a 720. Mm. And there's something that wasn't that amusing, you go, that's a 620. Oh, well, see, <laughs> we have this fight over, as we, as we sort of go through and talk about what'll be on the next day's show, because yeah, yeah. it's not all, we're not making it up on the spot. No. Like, we like to have something in place. We have little fights about, you know, our producer will go, okay, I'll schedule that in for 650. And, one, and, and you'll go, oh, right, not the golden hour then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we have this fight. There's no such thing as a golden hour. It's all gold from six to nine. Whereas you know at five to nine, yeah. people are basically getting out of their car. That's or, right. You know. That's for when you haven't got yeah. an ending for something and you can bring the music in. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it does help to have that because if you know it's not a strong story, you can then say to the producer, oh, it's only a 6.15. Uh, we'll put it in there. <laughs> yeah.
I haven't really got a tag for it, so I'd probably do it at 6.15. What about, have you been talking about Jihad Jack on your show ever? Uh, No, no. Sorry, that's not fitting breakfast material. No, no. Jihad, no. I only say that because if we got that clip here, listen, this is ABC News. Until the combined raids in Sydney and Melbourne last November, just five people had been charged under the terror laws. Jihad Jack Thomas was charged in Victoria, but was acquitted on a charge of providing support to terrorists. Now, this is on your late line. Right. So Jihad Jack is actually his name now. I thought that was just like a nickname from the tabloid papers. As far as I know, his name, A, is not actually Jack. And B, he's never actually participated in Jihad. So I think he's entitled to have a new nickname. We might as well just be calling him Bubblegum Ron for all the relevance we get out of that. I mean, could well be guilty. I don't know. We're not sure. Uh, but I just think you haven't got much of a chance if they're calling you G-Card Jack. It's like, yeah. bring in uh, Murder Bob Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> it's Murder Bob. Well, although the, the thing about Jihad Jack is I kind of, it kind of makes me think, folk hero? It's a really good name. Like somebody should make up a bush yes. ballad. Jihad Jack, what's his name? You know what I mean? You want to like the guy. Uh, Jihad Jack never made it into Darwin. Darwin? Oh, yeah, well, Sorry. Never made it into anywhere, did We're on drugs. Legal prescription drugs or mm. prescription drugs mm. if you're sober. Uh, is there anything else we want to talk about? Just one more clip I've got. This is uh, obviously the, the you know, drink driving, serious business, despite oh, yeah. what Bert Newton was saying on the show. Yeah, the other he had day. some fun with it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got Bert to do a pro drink driving. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. He, was quite, he didn't have any objections. I was quite surprised. Yeah, well, it's, that's the good thing about it. As he gets older, you can take advantage of him more with Bert. <laughs> if you're driving over the legal limit of speed... Uh, you could obviously kill someone. I think that's an accepted fact. Yeah, true. Uh, but if you just chop off five k's, you can save a life. Have a listen to how they're they're promoting the uh, the speeding on the in the ads. Well, let's change one small thing. Now he's doing sixty, and this time he hits her at only five kilometres per hour, and she just have a bruised leg. The difference is just five k's. Mm. So Australia, slow down, everybody. And give someone a bruised leg. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, that's good, except if you work in the bruised leg ward, you're going to be chockers from now on, aren't you? (laughs) That's where I'm going. Uh, Hey, what about some sport? Yeah, Yeah, I love it. Didn't think you were going to hear that. That'll be next on Get This. Get This. I wouldn't call them bogans. I think that's a bit harsh. Um. For Mrs. Olivia Buckley of Cherry Brook on Triple M. It's Get This on Triple M with radio's most intoxicated hosts and <laughs> the most ill-informed sports segment on radio coming up next. Yeah, that'd be Blondie. It's Call Me. It's Get This. It's Triple M. It's myself, Tony Martin, Richard Marsland on the buttons and Matt Parkinson from your uh, Melbourne Sydney cage. Hello. Sitting in the sidecar. Now, what about uh, football? Have you guys been talking football on your show, the uh, round football? Oh, the beautiful game. Yeah, look, I'm a bit... Uh, I love the beautiful game. I've followed mm-hmm. it for a long time. I played it at school. Did you? Um, right. no, not very well. No? Um, not as well as Stuart Dallas, who was a year below me. Oh, and Mr. Yeah. Hoskin told him he'd play for Australia one day. <laughs> and that put my nose out of joint. Uh, and I'm still waiting for Stuart Dallas to appear in the Australian squad, just quietly. He's timing his run late. Yeah. Uh, we have the most uh, informed sports segment because we're big fans of Togo. Um, knocked oh. out, apparently. Mm. But yeah. that hasn't stopped us persisting with our constant Fister updates. Live from Germany in the early hours of the morning. Hello, Ed Cavalier. Oh, is he there? 
Oh, don't tell I me. Go, hello, Rich. Oh, hello, Ed. We lost you for a sec there, Ed. Oh, Ed. Hello. Mate, hey. you're there. We've had a lot of people. Uh, a lot of people want the uh, "Let's Fist Again" song uh, for mm. for their phones. So if, anything we do on this show apparently can be a phone ring. Well, we got. To, I told you, Tom. We're going to start charging like a la crazy frog. You know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we're not allowed to use that because that is copyright music. You see, so, so we can't do that. Hey, happy birthday, Ed Cavalier! Is your birthday today? It is, my friend. It is. Yeah, yeah. It's my birthday, and I'm uh, currently celebrating it by walking the streets of Berlin by myself on the phone. Awesome. Oh, <laughs> how very ultravox of you, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but if you were to fly back, you could get back tomorrow and have a second birthday. Yeah. That'd be great. I could stand on the phone by myself in Melbourne. That'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've got you a present, Ed. What is it? It's a brand new opening for your segment. Here we go. <laughs> Fister. <laughs> Fister. 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 Yeah, no, I think he's. I think he's sort of headed back to Togo to plan their next kind of, you know, assault at the cup. Yeah. But uh, as you well, because tomorrow is. I mean, today is the big game. It's Germany versus Argentina, mm. and there's going to be a million people at the Brandenburg Gate, like there was last time, Whoa. including the four of us. We're going to go and have a look, see. But uh, we've been, we went out last night, Tony. We we the sun rises here at three thirty in the morning, so we got to watch the sunrise at this uh, at this nightclub next to the Berlin Wall. It was great. And what was the nightclub? I, I knew you'd say that, and I can't remember the name. Oh, so let's just... I, I do know that club, Ed. It's called Ruthless Teutonic Efficiency. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. There it is. You don't have to wait it's for so your catchy. Yep. And we, uh, we went to the... I went to the... See, Tone, I've been trying to learn a bit of German, and I know how to say, like, Ein mal um, Wasser bitter ohne gas, which means I'd like uh, water, please, no gas, right? And I went to the... They've got, like, a local gym where we are. And I went in there today, and there was, like, a big crowd of people, and I was walking down the stairs, and this old woman was, like, walking in front of me, and she was taking a few steps, and she was being kind of slow, and then all of a sudden, she kind of fell, and she fell down the last two stairs. Right. So I went down and picked her up, and picked up her, like, stuff, and her water bottle, water bottle had fallen over, and the water went everywhere on the ground, right? right. So I picked her up, and she's like, danke, danke. I said, oh, no problem, no problem. And then she said, in German, can you please, you know, get a towel to mop that up? And I said, oh, okay, fine. So I walked back up the, the stairs, where the owner of the gym and his like kind of wife was standing there and a few of the other clients and I said did anyone speak English I'm sorry I don't speak German they all go no 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 and his wife goes oh I speak a little bit and I went sweet okay well what happened is an old lady fell down the stairs and she said how I said I don't know I was just like walking behind her and then she kind of was down and she said you push I said no I didn't push her but you know she, she just she just fell and now there's water everywhere she said you put water there so she fell I said no I said her water bottle like I helped her up like this is and then she turns to the dude who her husband and goes like blah 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 this guy's been spraying water to try and trip up the old ladies right yeah. and I said no I'm, I'm the good guy here I'm trying to help and she after a while they kind of give me a towel and I mop it up 
go back upstairs, hand in the towel, getting scowled at. And I walk back down in a bit of a daze, walk into the change room, and I think, hang on, this is a bit weird, because that old woman was, like, in the change room half naked, mm. right? So I stood there for a second, kind of looking at it, going, I think something strange is going on. <laughs> Turn to my left, and there's, the, and there's the woman who owns the gym, the husband of the wife of this guy, and she just looks at me like I'm the worst, like, old woman pushing, you know, you know, change room storming pervert in the world who oh, yes. goes I think you'll find this one is for ladies <laughs> and only the ladies wow <laughs> this is my favourite World Cup segment on radio <laughs> Ed, <laughs> Ed can you just back to your conversational German how do you say no gas again <laughs> On a gas. That's a, that's a handy phrase to have at your disposal when you're travelling around Germany, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. No, no gas. Pretty, about, you know, it's, uh, apparently, the only thing you can't say is on a cured meat. That's the only thing you can't, like, the only thing you're not allowed to say no to here. I've eaten more, like, bratwurst, currywurst. Has anyone ever eaten currywurst? No. Currywurst. But you'll eat oh, anything, it, though, Ed Cavalier. I'm sorry? You'll eat anything, as we've discovered. Yeah, yeah. I'm what, sorry? So you draw the line at currywurst? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm all about bratwurst and, and, and other worsts, but currywurst is like all your favourite cured meats and then curry powder thrown at them and then tied together and put in a roll. It's so full on tone. You can't, oh, you just can't do it. It's We're learning. won't let you. We're learning so much about Germany over these segments. Uh, I, I was just trying to think if I know any, do you know any German phrases, uh, Parker? The only one I've ever known is... Um, uh, got on Himmel, these Englanders fight like madmen. Well, I think we all know. <laughs> I think we all know Rouse Rouse and Muck Schnell, thanks to Sergeant Schultz. Rouse Rouse means get out. Or either that or it means give me more apple crumble, Lebo. I'm not sure. Either way. I do know either this. The, uh, the Smurfs in Germany are known as the Schlubs. We are Schlubs, oh yes, we are. What? There's a, uh, there's a show here, because it's quite late here, so I know mm. we stay up. Yeah, you know, watching TV, and they've got up late like a hot dog style program, right? <laughs> really? but, they've, oh. but they've worked out what the problem with that show is because right. they don't have like a, you know, a guy with a kind of funny haircut. They've got like an attractive woman right. in a really skimpy bikini doing yeah. the same job. Nice. And we watched for about we've watched. Oh, they're still watching it. My friends inside. So we've <laughs> been on there. We've been on there for about an hour, and uh, it's quite a simple game that's not kind of going very well. Anyway, there was this great moment where normally hot dogs, he'll just cut to an ad. If, there's nothing, if no one's calling or nothing's happening, he just cuts to an ad. Yeah. They can't do that because it's cable. So no one's calling in. No one can answer this puzzle. She's going, come on, guys, call in. Come on, guys, call in. So obviously the director says something because she looks off screen and then just grabs a bottle of sunscreen, right? Yes. Pour, tries to pour it into her hand. There's none in there. So she takes off the lid, scoops her fingers in as best she can, oh. and then just starts rubbing herself with sunscreen until someone calls. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, by the time you get back to Australia, that'll be a regular show on Channel 10. It was riveting. It was riveting. <laughs> That's what TV is all about. Well, yeah. thank you, Ed Cavalier. Informed and sporty as always. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And where yeah. will you be if we call you on Monday? Where will you be? Oh, in, the, um, in the ladies' change room, perving on old yeah. chicks. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be of looking sunscreen. for old ladies to kick downstairs, but <laughs> probably, probably. All right, well, happy birthday, Ed, and see you next week. Thanks, guys. Let me go out. Like I'll
this is the Chili Peppers. Danny California here at Get This on Triple M. Matt Parkinson is uh, sitting in. And enjoying every moment of it. Uh, we want to uh, tap your massive brain, Parko. Yeah, if you wouldn't mind. Let's climb the mountain. <laughs> A lot of people would remember Parco's uh, appearance on Sale of the Century years ago. For those who don't remember, what happened? You won millions of dollars? Uh, I won uh, I won cash and prizes to the total value of, uh, I think it was 239000 And wow. back in the early 90s, that was a lot of money. <laughs> you could buy petrol and bananas the with that The highlight money. of the experience was watching Pete Smith warm up the crowd. Oh, isn't that amazing? With, yeah. with an act that dates back to the 1880s. But it's still killing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it's still killing. Yeah, I mean, he had sound effects. They were on, you know, wax cylinders, Edison style, but they worked. <laughs> Doesn't right. he get to someone to put a cigarette in their mouth and then he and uses... And then he has a pretend... He has a whip-crack sound effect and he <laughs> pretends... But it works. The crowd just lap it up. They really do. Oh, look, there's no way he's going to be boned. Oh, I'm not allowed to say that! I've had to change today's topic for Talkback Mountain because apparently some trouble on Mick Malloy's program. Mick Malloy's spoiled it for everybody. What's he done? Oh, I don't know. But we're no longer allowed to do the get this boning yard. <laughs> oh. And instead, what I thought we'd do is we'd simply say... What's that about, Parco? Oh, I'm good at that. <laughs> oh, I'm good at answering that question. If you've got something you don't understand, just yeah. give us a call and say, what's that about, Parco? Yeah, yeah. And he'll put his Sale of the Century hat on. I'll sort it right out. The story everyone tells about that is, is it true that after you won, you went down to the Prince Patrick Hotel in Collingwood, Melbourne, and bought the entire bar? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I just shouted everybody in the pub a drink at the time, which was about 250 <laughs> people. And can I just say... I wasn't very impressed with their consumption, Tony. <laughs> when it right? came to settle up at the end of the night with a landlord, we both agreed they'd put in a fairly piss weekend. <laughs> you still had some prize money left over. Yeah, stacks. Well, I, well, I'd gone down there with a big wad of cash in my hand and given it to the landlord at the start of the night. And at the end of the night, I came up and went, what do I owe you? And he went, actually, I'll give you a couple hundred back. Is that we right? were just like, what a bunch of, you know. Uh, hopeless. Obviously, yeah. Anthony Morgan wasn't there. No. <laughs> uh, what's that about, Parker? Here's a photo mm -hmm. of Tory Spelling, which I think is in the New Weekly this week. What's that about, Parker? Okay, you'd be referring to the enormous, well, you might call it a dimple, but geographers call it a gulf between her <laughs> artificial breasts. That is That space is marked, insert talent here. <laughs> What I love about Tori is that, you know, her, her father passed away yes, this week true. and he was a man whose, whose CV was incredibly impressive. We were sitting in uh, in, a, in our office in the cage just going, oh, he did that, he did yeah, this, he did yeah. that. The man had an amazing influence on the culture. He made hundreds of millions of dollars. But look at his kids. Oh, mm. yeah. The spelling errors, yes. as I call them. Yes. Uh, Randy, I think, did one episode of Pacific oh. Pacific Debacle or whatever it was called. It was just so freakish looking. They yeah. Had to yeah. So that, you know, that makes me feel... Every time I look at Tori, I go, that's right. Yeah, yeah. your dad had all that, but then he had you. So. But if you're travelling with her in a car, there's somewhere to put your beverage. That's the great thing. <laughs> uh, what about... Oh, there's going to be... You'll love this idea. Kung Fu movie legend Bruce Lee's life is to be the subject of a Broadway musical. Right. <laughs> Nunchucks over Broadway. <laughs> Mm. What's that about, Parker? A Bruce Lee musical? I, I really like the idea of the sort of crowd this will attract to musical theatre. <laughs> like, I don't think you get too many kickboxers going to see Boy From Oz. Going, no. Oh, I thought that Hugh Jackman's high kicks were really good, but probably not enough to knock you out. You know what I mean? That's what I'm looking forward to is, you know, people who are dedicated Bruce Lee fans wanting their money back and getting it. <laughs> Five fingers of pizzazz. <laughs> Fist of fossey. That's what it's going to be. Yeah. Everybody was kung fu dancing. <laughs> Gotta kill. Mm -hmm.
Got a meme. What's that about? Bruce Lee died in 1973 at the age of 32 from swelling of the brain. Mm. Also, I think uh, a guy with a metal hand might have been involved. <laughs> I'm I looking I forward to the Steven C- uh, Seagal musical. <laughs> What will that be? That will be the cook, the thief, his wife, and her nunchuckers. It's going to be a lot of fun, that one. <laughs> and st- I noticed Stephen Seagal just more and more and more seems to resemble a Chinese restaurant. Have you noticed that? Mm. Expanding Nehru jackets. Right. But still, and barely able to lift the foot off the ground for one of his signature high Yeah, kicks. yeah, he's yeah. becoming a building more than a person. <laughs> he is. He's being rezoned. Uh, it can be anything at all. Anything at all. Call me now. I will explain. Ask me, what's that about, Parco? Don't worry, I'm good at it. Don't call about anything in that memo from Channel 9. No, <laughs> that didn't occur. <laughs> that never happened. What's that about, Parco? One triple three five three. Ah, yes. That'd be uh, Alex Lloyd. Yes, here, get this on Triple M. <laughs> we're still <laughs> assembling the mountain, even as we're climbing it. Let's hear the sound. <laughs> Matt Parkinson's with us. He's had a volume. I've been on anaesthetic. Mm-hmm. Uh, somehow the show is getting to air. It's all going good. Nothing too libelous has been said so far. <laughs> we are taking advantage of the fact that Parko's got a massive brain. Aren't you part of the Einstein factor? Yes, I'm a brains trustee on the Einstein factor where I keep company with brains like Barry Jones. Right. Who's got a surprisingly dry wit. I told him last night I was having trouble getting to sleep. And in all serious, deadpan, Barry's turned to me and gone... I have, a, I have a cure for that. I said, yeah, what is it, Barry? He said, um, Prue Goward in her husband's biography of John Howard. <laughs> <laughs> well, keep that in mind. Uh, who else has got a question uh, for Parco? Guy, are you there? I am here, yes. Hello, Hello Guy. Hello, Parco. How are you? Good, mate. Good. Give what's us your question, and don't forget to end it with the phrase, what's that about Parco? Will do. Um, I've been watching a bit of TV recently, and uh, I'm seeing commercials with... People calling themselves TV personalities, even though I've never seen them on TV before. There's a young woman named Emily Perry uh, singing the praises of Malaysia, calling herself a TV personality. What's all that about, Parker? <laughs> um, well, that's about a new generation of, uh, of media personalities. Uh, interestingly, Guy, you are now radio professional broadcaster, Guy, after that appearance <laughs> on the show. That's how easy it is. You see, you're already there. Um, I don't, I don't, I'm not really familiar with the work of Emily Perry, although Malaysia is a fascinating subject. Uh, right up there with Liechtenstein in your, in your travel log rankings. Um, not really sure we, if we'll see much more of Emily Perry, although probably I'm predicting the future for her. Brand power lady. Five yes. years from now, that's where she'll be. I love it when you see things like that. You see a celebrity you've never heard of, or you're watching a film and it'll be Efren Zimbalist Jr. And mm. you're going, well, I'm glad they put the junior on there to avoid So I didn't get confused with his dad. <laughs> yeah. And right. then I love it when they feel the need to tell you that a certain actor is playing a certain character. Right. Like, remember the old Australian series of telemovies, The Feds? Yeah. And it would always say, with John Bache... As Rainier Bass. <laughs> Might as well just put, with John Bache, you won't know which one he is. We'll tell you when he comes on. Like somebody's sitting there going, oh, thank God John Bache is playing Rainier Bass because I wouldn't bother to tune in otherwise. <laughs> Imagine getting a note from your director, I thought your performance was a little bit John Bache. <laughs> like you wouldn't know what to do after that. Uh, who else wants to ask the question? Anthony, are you there, Anthony? Hello, fellas, how are you? Good, Not Anne. too bad. Frame your puzzler. Oh, look... I'm just wondering about uh, Larry Emder, how the network is cryogenically freezing him, obviously, for latter use. And also, do you know the PMS colour of his skin, Parco? What's all that about? <laughs> the, the, so what are you all about, Anthony? All right. 
First of all, uh, Larry Emder has gone to... He's just gone to... I think he's gone to a Kabbalah retreat. <laughs> I think he's just worked out that he's one piece of red string away from the cover of Who Weekly. And that's where he's gone, to deepen his spiritual understanding of himself and the universe, and possibly also to get new veneers on his teeth. Um, what... What what is the PMS colour of your skin? <laughs> no, of his skin. He's, he's oh. obviously he's just got this iridescent sort of like Australian outback leather tan oh. that never seems to fade. And I just oh. wondered if that was a colour unto itself. No, oh, to, what happens in television makeup is every now and again the regular makeup person isn't available, and someone new comes in, and they err on the side of dark. <laughs> One of my one of my favourite moments, Anthony. I was watching Channel Ten News, and uh, up in Sydney, where I am, their weatherman is Tim Bailey. I don't know if you ever. He's sort of a yeah, 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 small, yeah, yeah. wacky, blonde, ex-surfy. Well, they finished the Channel Ten News proper with a little piece about the dangers of skin cancer and overexposure to the sun. Then they crossed immediately to Tim Bailey, who was bright orange. I kid you not, <laughs> like glowing with solar radiation straight off the back of. Hey, watch out for those melanomas. <laughs> Well, Larry Emder, I hope it's not a medical condition. No, well, it is, actually. It's Tim Bailey disease <laughs> is what he's got. He's having but... an Emderism. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you, you mentioned Tim Bailey. This All around in every state, you just get somebody yeah. who does a finance report who just becomes a cult figure. For us, it's the bloke who does the finance on the ABC News in Melbourne, who, if you have a look, is uh, former head of MGM Studios, Louis B. Mayer. <laughs> really? <laughs> have a look. If you're in Melbourne, what's the ABC News? Now it's over the finance with Louis B. Mayer. <laughs> there's, a, there's a Channel 10 reporter in Sydney who's called Harry Potter. About <laughs> really? 60. Yeah, Harry Potter, Channel 10 News. Oh, yeah, hang on, where are your little glasses? Right. Where's Hermione? Uh, What's going on there? There's a rumour that he's going to be killed off at the end of next week's bulletin. <laughs> oh, we don't really, but we're going to try and slip one through. One final caller, it's, is it Nolene? Or Nolan. It, oh, Nolan. 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 Yeah, right, no, no, Nolan's my cousin, that's fine. Oh, pardon <laughs> mine's, me. My, mine's nice and simple. Nicky Webster, what's mm. that about? <laughs> what's that about, Parco? Uh, well, Nicky Webster is just one of those things that has to happen every now and again. Um, we do have redheads. Some of them float to the top, yes. like your Fatty Vorton, and some of them... <laughs> you know how... I'll tell you what it's like. You know, if you put a raisin in a glass of champagne, it floats up, and then it sinks down. And then it floats up again, and then it sinks down. And that's what Nicky Webster is. She's a raisin in the glass of champagne that is Australian TV. <laughs> Beautifully I done. I like that, a raisin. Excellent. Has she done my idea yet? I just think she's got to do an album of very jaded middle-aged songs called September of My Years. <laughs> when I was 17, <laughs> yeah. about two weeks ago. That's my idea. That's, hey. that's what she needs is some history. She needs uh, a couple of drink driving arrests. She needs to be chucked out of a nightclub. And she needs to shag some sad old footballer. And then we'll take her seriously. <laughs> well, let's see if we can get that arranged by Monday. Uh, Matt, thanks for coming in. This has been a, a lot of fun. I've had fun. This radio gig's cool. <laughs> it's tops, the old radio. Uh, hello to everyone uh, who works on that show with you. James Brayshaw, Bridget DeClos, of course, uh, Peter, Peter Berner, and uh, Fitzy, and everybody else. Cheers. And Brad Hume, the producer, he does a top job. Yeah, they're all in there now, and they're saying, come in, you're not allowed to get away without having a meeting with Brad us Brad Hume, a distant relative of our own Lockie Hume. Yep. Really? Yeah. Rose around. Does that mean you're up for a minor Batman villain? He could be the bookworm, <laughs> perhaps, in the next Batman film. Thanks to everyone who works on this fine program, Richard Marsland, who's been... Uh, it's been an honour, Tone. ...nobbing away all week. Nikki, <laughs> our producer, superb work. Matt Dower, up till all hours, cutting the word fister into songs. <laughs> Anna on the phones at the beginning of the week, and our own Katie back on the job. All the knob jockeys around the network, and uh, anyone else who bothered to phone in and show a bit of interest. I think our key phrase today was, Happy birthday, Ed Cavalier. <laughs> We'll be back on Monday with the assistance of Peter Rosethorn.
And it's all thanks to, for the final time, Mrs Olivia Buckley of Cherry Brook. Thanks, Olivia. <laughs>